Welcome to Make It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. Each episode will have an inspiring guest tell their story of overcoming obstacles, never settling, and making it happen. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. So grab a coffee. Hope you enjoy the pod. Let's go. Okay, so welcome to Make It and Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. I'll be your host today. We are on episode number 440. Can you believe we're 40 episodes in now, which is fantastic. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined by another female entrepreneur this week. Um, I'm delighted to say Clara O'Leary is an e-commerce entrepreneur who founded careboxcollection.com in October 2020. So pretty recent. So I'm actually looking forward to dive into the pandemic and how she set up a business. During the first coronavirus lockdown, through Carebox Collection, Clara provides self-care and wellness gifting and subscription boxes to customers and their loved ones across Ireland, the EU and the EU, my bad, with the aim of providing meaningful gifts and helping people prioritize themselves. Clara, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Tom. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope that introduction did you a bit of justice, did it? Of course, yeah, you you got it all anyway. Um, Brilliant. So, Clara, if we just... I suppose if we go back to the start of the pandemic or where did the brainchild of Carebox Collection come from? Great. Well, to be honest, it really evolved from the first initial idea. Um, I knew I wanted to set up a kind of self-care wellness type. Um, and in in thinking about that, it progressed on and and from there I was looking at subscription boxes and during that time my friend like a lot of us was having a particularly difficult time during the pandemic and I felt utterly helpless I didn't know what to do I didn't know what to say I didn't really feel like sending flowers was appropriate and all I wanted to do was give her a hug um so from there I kind of thought okay I can't be the only one having this issue And from what I could see, there weren't many ways of sending that kind of love and both celebrating something or saying, I'm thinking of you and here if you need me. So that's really where the idea for Carebox Collection came from. And the products themselves aim to provide an experience that you can dip in and out of. So it's everything from candles and hot chocolate and mindfulness journals and face masks. So to really give an opportunity for people to look after themselves and their skin and their bodies and their minds, which during difficult times, they might not be doing otherwise, unless you give them everything they need to. Um, so that, that was really the idea behind it. And thankfully it, it really took off for us and a lot of people we're obviously looking for a product like that to just show their loved one that they cared about them and they were thinking about them or wanted to celebrate with them from a distance. Yeah. And Clara, was this, were you always in the mindset of, I want to set up my own business or do something and was like the pandemic, your, did it light the fire, ignite that or where, what happened? No, I very much from a, from a young age knew I wanted to set up a business. Um, I'm very lucky to have a lot of family members who are incredibly inspirational business people. Um, and really, I would consider my first business to be selling Christmas trees when I was four years old. Um, so much to my mother's dismay, my father 
planted 150 Christmas trees, thankfully not all of which grew. Um, and from the age of four, I took my red money box out to the front garden and sold Christmas trees to friends and family and frankly, anyone who would buy one. Um, so it, it was really from a young age that I decided I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Um, I, I am only 23 now. I definitely didn't think I would have my own business at this age and um, purely because for, for me, I had the impression that you needed to have a business degree and marketing experience and sales experience and all of these things in order to be able to set up a business yourself. Um, and the pandemic did somewhat instigate my belief in myself that I could do it at the moment. Um, I was in a corporate job when I had the idea for the business and decided to just kind of run with it and, and see what happened. Um, I, I asked a couple of people what they thought about the idea and everyone seemed to like it. So I kind of threw my hands up and said, why not? What do I have to lose? Um, so I, I really went from there and started to just work on it uh, from about August until we launched in October. Um, so, so yeah, no, I, I really, I did want to run my business from when I was a child. Um, I had no idea what industry I wanted to go into, no idea what niche it was. I had a little notebook of business ideas, uh, none of which were any good. Um, but the, the mind was definitely turning the whole time as to what I was going to do. And I knew that being self-employed was the end goal. I love the Christmas tree story. I can see it with the, with the wine box taking cash off people. It's brilliant. Um, and, and every tenner I made, I thought I won the lottery. I'd say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't beat it when you get a bit of cash. Um, it's great. But um, Clara, just to give the listeners a bit of an idea, education and background, what would that be? And was it all e-commerce or just tell us a little bit about that? No, absolutely not. So um, uh, as I mentioned, I, I really didn't have a, a business background in education at all. So I went to St. Gerard Secondary School in Bray and from there went on to do social science in UCD and studied politics and sociology. So um, within that, I did, thankfully, I, I had a, a good few kind of side jobs as college students do. I, I worked for Red Bull for a while. I worked in events for a lot of it um, and I got that kind of experience and then I went to the UCD Innovation Academy while I was in college too which was brilliant because you can just do extra modules in uh, entrepreneurial endeavor and creative thinking. I did a couple of um, marketing modules and uh, much to everyone's surprise I did a Chinese language module too. So um, I, I definitely found although business wasn't what I was studying I was definitely in college to kind of progress my knowledge in that area um, but thankfully social science gave me so much time outside of the classroom to get that experience um, and I did but just not in the most conventional and traditional ways. Yeah and Clara if we go back to sort of care box collection I'm sure a lot of people now that maybe see your business or see yourself, they might look, wow, she's got a successful business. But like, talk to us a little bit about the physical work that goes into to source the boxes, what you're putting into the boxes, like growing a market that wasn't there. Just talk to us a little bit about how, I suppose, challenging that was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it's definitely something that's 
not really spoken about. I suppose a, a lot of people who are shopping, particularly online, see a product and go, oh, that's brilliant. They don't really understand the logistics behind it and getting even the poly mailers to put the boxes in and the tissue paper to put in the boxes and wrap the products in and the wood wool and making sure things don't break and don't get damaged and arrive on time. Um, so there is definitely a lot of logistics to it. And it was something that, as I said, I, I didn't really know much about before I got into it. Um, I, I am incredibly lucky to have two cousins who are in business. Um, Adrienne Sweeney, who runs the Paris Court Springs Health Farm and Rainforest Day Spa, and my cousin Claire, who runs a beauty distribution company called Distinct Distribution. So they were both in kind of the beauty wellness industries. So I, I definitely relied on them a lot at the start to investigate what the Irish market was looking for at the moment, what people were after, kind of if you're looking to do a spa at home, what does that look like? Um, and what products suit people as well? Because it can be incredibly difficult to put together a product and a box for someone that we don't know when you want to tailor it to them. Um, so th there was a lot in behind that. But what, what I also found was that my, my customers were the best people to tell me that. Um, so I, I tried very start to really talk to customers as much as possible and say okay what what did you love what did you not love as much what did you use the most um, and get feedback from them and it really grew from there I only started with two boxes on the website in October um, and from there I, I would have had Instagram messages saying oh can you do this type of box for me and then say okay there's obviously a market for that and now we have everything from pregnancy, wellness and new mothers, bridal pampering boxes and so on because we then grew quite a bit and had the resources and the inventory to target different demographics. Yeah, that's um, Claire, there's two, there's two things there I'm at the picking up on there is I suppose I get a lot of messages sometimes where people ask me like how did you find out this information and like you had your cousins, but sometimes it's asking someone who may be a couple of steps ahead of you or in a niche or in a business that you can just ask them for help. And nine times out of 10, they'll give you some information or point you in the right direction. And then the second piece from that is feedback. Asking your clients for feedback is a massive thing. Even if we do a good job in corporate side of things, I'm always asking, is there anything we could have done better? How was your experience? What could we do next time? Because I think that's really finding out a good relationship with your customers and clients, but to find out what you can improve on. So that's brilliant. Um, so Clara, if you talk about the boxes, was do I see you at home with your cardboard boxes, filling them up, getting the product ready? Or did you outsource that or talk to us a little bit about, I suppose, the subscription model? No, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is exactly what it was doing. I was doing it from the house um, and packing it here. I was doing my nine to five job. And once I clocked off that, it was packing boxes and filling orders and scheduling social media posts because I wasn't there at the time to post them when people were online. Um, so it, there was a lot of that. Thankfully, we were busy enough then in December to move into an office um, and it, it, it grew from there. And I don't know where I would be without the office space now. 
and the help that I have. But um, it, it, the, the start of it literally was me in my house packing boxes. And Clara, it just social media, is that how you grew the brand? It, like how, how important has social media been for you? It has definitely been important. Um, obviously, nowadays for any e-commerce business, social media is how you get your brand out there. Um, I, but I do think something that is so important for new and emerging businesses to consider is that if your product is good enough and your concept is good enough, people will find out about it as well. So spending hours upon hours on social media posts and videos and graphics is brilliant. But if you don't have a really good concept and product, it's not going to sell anyway. Whereas if you spend all of your time and your money in a good product, uh, and I would say similar for packaging. I, I know there's a lot of businesses now, particularly small businesses, who spend an awful lot of their money on custom branded packaging from the start. And brilliant if you know your product is going to work and you want to have a cohesive brand. That is absolutely fantastic. But if you have a limited amount of money that you're starting with, focus it on your product and your concept. Because if it's good and people like it, they will tell their friends, they will tell their relatives. And I, I'm lucky enough to be in a business where a lot of the time, because it's a gift boxing company, the person receiving the box isn't necessarily my customer. So the person receiving the box then says, oh my God, that was fantastic and sends it to another friend. So that, that was definitely my main source of marketing was positive feedback, people speaking to their friends and family and just finding out about the business. So social media is a big part of it. But I, if I had spent all of my time on social media and not developed the product and the concept and been consistently innovating with what boxes I was bringing out and what other niches I could get into, I don't think the brand would be where it is today. Yeah. And Clara, when it comes to the boxes itself, was it important for you to you must have to test a lot of the product that you're obviously sending out so you get the correct feedback. But would it be more towards female oriented or male or how, how does it work? Um, both. I definitely focused um, the business on it being female oriented at the start because that's what I knew. Uh, so what I was doing was buying products that I would want to receive in the post and that I would want to use. Um, and I very much saw myself and my friends as the market. Um, so, so from that point of view, it was very easy because, and, and thankfully it worked, but a lot of the time, if, you're, if you put yourself in a market that you would also be a consumer in, you're going to instinctively know what's going to work and what won't. Um, so I definitely female orientated because that's what I knew. I have now branched into male wellness um, and unisex boxes. And particularly for our corporate clients, we do an awful lot of uh, unisex boxes, which are brilliant. But um, to, to start off the business, I started it off with my target market being myself. Yeah, that's brilliant. And Clara, when it comes to like, there's no better feeling when I get a book depository delivery or an Amazon delivery, it's kind of like, oh, there's a, there's a new book here. So getting something through the door is, is fabulous or getting a nice package. But I suppose, how, what did you have a big break when, did it scale very quickly? Like you mentioned from packing the boxes at home and now you have an office and I'm sure you've got a team and logistics sort of things. Was there one thing that clicked? Was it a social media post? Was it something pushing your brand? 
or is it something that really grew you to the next level? Um, not necessarily. It was really a journey, to be honest. There were definitely a couple of things that helped along the way. Um, there was a Spin 103 8 article written about us by a lovely journalist called Tara Walsh, um, and she completely unknowingly put it up which was brilliant. Uh, we were listed on the Late Late Show gift guide and a lot of gift guides around Christmas. Um, but to be honest, it, it didn't scale up a lot until January. So we, we finished December with what I had considered to be a successful gifting season. Um, and as most people know, retail in January is pretty dead um, people don't have as much money anymore they're not spending they're certainly not buying gifts so I was very apprehensive going into January about just how quiet it was going to be and very grateful to still have my corporate job um, and then came kind of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and I was still getting orders and then it got to New Year's and I was still getting orders and then they just scaled up really quickly through January. So we ended January 300% up on December and February was 200% up on January. So it was just multiplying consistently because again, we, we were mid pandemic and people just, they either for themselves realized that they needed to prioritize themselves and didn't know where to start or like people had an incredibly difficult time when particularly when the five kilometer radius was um was the rule and no one could really go anywhere the weather was miserable and a, a lot of people were having a really difficult time so I think we provided a little bit of a solace for for people in that way and then we really the business just became us helping people make their loved ones days a little bit brighter at the darkest points or celebrating with them at the happiest. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. Absolutely. It's great to see the the values behind your business as well. Uh, Clara, if we, if we touch on like, I suppose, a bit more personal in the sense of how good are you at like setting your goals, running your week, being good on top of time management? Has that come easy to you? Um. Definitely not at the start, because as I mentioned, I still had my corporate job. So a lot of my day involved trying to juggle how I was going to get everything done. Um, and a large part of why I left the job was because, as I said, we got so busy in January that it just became unsustainable. Um, it was definitely a, a big leap for me. I, re I remember coming home and telling my mom I'd handed in my notice and she went, oh, my God, you might never have a boss again. And I went, oh, my God, what have I done? I am 23. I'm not prepared for this, even though I had set up a business and it was doing so well that I had no choice. That was definitely a shock moment where I went, I, I'm really not sure. Um, so although at that time, the two and three o'clock in the mornings, packing boxes was not easy and I wasn't able to manage my time and um, it has definitely gotten a lot easier I, I think I, I don't want to give a, a glossy pretty everything is brilliant idea of running a business it is absolutely fantastic and it is the best decision I have ever made 
but a lot of the time you get through those nights because you know it's the best decision you've ever made and also partly because you're in too deep to back out now yeah um so so I have definitely become better at managing my time and thankfully my very patient boyfriend and friends absolutely realized that I was extremely busy and that's why I wasn't replying to texts and that's why I wasn't available for long FaceTimes but that came with time and now I definitely feel like I have a solid routine and I can get a lot of work done and I can be very productive but part of that as well was you mentioned setting goals and although setting long-term goals is fantastic I have found what has worked for me far more sustainably is setting short-term goals. So if you had told me last year in January, February, that we would be mid-global pandemic, I would set up a business, leave my job, and then be where I am today, I never would have believed you. My, My goal at that point probably would have been to get a promotion or earn a higher salary. Um, and similarly, I set goals in at, at New Year's this year for my business. So again, I was still in my corporate job. I had no idea how quiet or busy it was going to be. I knew I had run down my stock. Um, and I went into it saying, okay, long term, this is when I, what I want my business to turn over this year. And in June, we surpassed that. Wow. So long-term goals are great but I have found at the moment if I set a goal for this week if I set a goal for three weeks time and set a goal for a month whether that's in my personal life that I absolutely have to take two days off at the weekend or I absolutely have to get a product launched they are goals in themselves but they're achievable in a short amount of time and that's what keeps me focused um uh, and I have definitely found that that really helped because particularly at the moment, people are so unsure whether they're going on holidays for summer, whether we're going back into a lockdown in winter, when, when you've no idea what the long term society looks like, even it's very difficult to make long term goals for yourself. So uh, absolutely short term goals is what has worked for me, won't work for everyone but it's definitely what has worked for me and has meant that I'm consistently motivated by something. Um, and don't get me wrong, sometimes the goal needs to be, I need to take it easy this week. Or I've worked really hard and I'm exhausted. I need to say no to meeting up with a friend or going on a night out or whatever. And it's not doing things purposely can also be the goal because you need to give yourself the time as well and recognize when you're doing too much, when you're doing the right amount and when you're not doing enough. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just on that, Clara, um, I know myself personally in the past dealing with um, trying to find balance as they say, but sometimes when you're an entrepreneur and you're hustling and knocking on doors or getting, doing what you got to do, it can be seven days a week, full time. How have you been good at stepping away? And you just mentioned there giving yourself two days off, or has that been difficult? Obviously, with the business scaling, it has definitely been difficult. And um, I went through a couple of months where I was working seven day weeks, 
or seven yeah seven day weeks um like you said and and that's very normal in a growing business but it's also not something to idealize um and i think that's really important at the moment with the whole hustle culture is your aim should not be to work yourself into the ground to the point where you're exhausted um and absolutely i was working seven day weeks it was not my ideal way of working but i knew at that point in time that's what I needed to do but I also knew that with time and experience in the business I would be able to start taking time off so what I did was I started with kind of aiming for one day off a week and then I started aiming for a day and a half and then two days and I'm about at the stage now where I'm, I'm taking my weekends off but it also depends on circumstance being the beauty of being your own boss is yes sometimes you get maybe even three days off at the weekend. But if you're really busy and you have stuff to do, that time goes out the window and you reevaluate, you replan that time off and keep doing what you're doing. Um, and it's, it is, it's just about balancing that. I know I can work late. So I often don't leave. I, ha- I have a nice breakfast. I take my time in the morning and then I go in and I might not get home until late at night, but I, I know that I will have that productive time. Me going in and being in the office for 7 a.m. will do absolutely nothing for my mood. I won't want to be there. I'll be hungry. I'll be tired. It doesn't work for me. Um, and similarly, I, I stopped going to the gym for a couple of months because I knew I, I was mentally and physically exhausted from work. I love the gym. It is absolutely my happy place at the moment. But... I was so physically and mentally exhausted from work that I knew I had to cut it out. It didn't make sense for me. So, and that's balance in itself that if I had pushed myself to be working that hard and then going to the gym and seeing all of my friends and spending time with my family and seeing my boyfriend, there physically wasn't enough hours in the day. So it's just about prioritizing the things that are most important at that time in your life. And at that time, I knew an hour sleeping was far more valuable than an hour in the gym. Yeah. Um, and, and now it, it's it, it's different. I know that an hour in the gym will help me be more productive when I wake up tomorrow morning. Yeah, absolutely. And Claire, just on that, like, how did friends react and family like when you were putting all these hours in? Were they supportive or going, we haven't seen Clara, where is she or what's she doing? Too much time in the business or how was that? Um, it, it was interesting. I'm quite lucky to also have very busy friends. <laughs> so um, uh, although they probably didn't see it that way during the pandemic, I was working from home, but uh, my boyfriend wasn't. He was in work the whole time. One of my other best friends um, is studying medicine. So she was working the whole time. Um, another one of my friends was a teacher so she was also working really hard so I think there was definitely an understanding they knew what I was doing they knew I was working hard they were absolutely supportive and so excited for me Um, but we all had a lot going on so there was definitely an understanding that I like I'm busy I will talk to you in a few days or calling each other going this is a disaster like we need a chat to decompress and deal with it that way so Absolutely. My friends were fantastic and really supportive and there for me, but also appreciated when I needed to kind of put my head down and disappear for a little while. Um, And similarly, I I 
absolutely accept that I would not have been able to do it, to build the business without my family. Um, having those minds to come back and bounce ideas off and ask opinions and get advice was invaluable to me completely. Definitely at the start when I was utterly clueless as to what I was going to do. Um, so again, they, I think slightly separately with my family because they always knew I was going to start a business there was an air of inevitability about it when I said I was going to and it was kind of like oh great like we know yeah yeah um so but but I was I, I was incredibly fortunate I know not all people have that experience and there can be a bit of a stigma behind it and the idea of leaving a corporate solid job and salary to go out on your own and hope it works um, is definitely very daunting if you don't have that support behind you but just do it yeah just do it. um particularly with someone like I, I'm 23 my view on it was I, I don't have anything to lose at this stage um I, I'm not married I don't have a mortgage I don't have kids so do it when you're young if it works brilliant if it doesn't get a job start again try something else and um, it's not the end of the world failure is not what people make it out to be and um, it you can you can do it easily you just need to find the confidence in yourself and find your support systems even if they're not within your friends and family so there are some amazing groups and networks of people who have a similar mindset and are doing a similar thing. And I've spoken to a lot of other small business owners as well, which has been fantastic. Just a, about kind of random things in relation to shipping products or their opinions on certain people or experiences with different companies. And it's brilliant because you then, you, you start to understand that other people are doing the same thing. Other people have the same mindset. So, Yes, it's difficult to do it on your own. And I'm so grateful that I didn't have to, but I would still say to people, do it because you will find that support system. Yeah, absolutely. I think and just on that, Clara, you mentioned a failure and stuff like that. I kind of have a mixed relationship with social media because all we see is the top of the mountain at social media. We never see the climb, the falls, the up and downs, whatever. And anytime I'm talking to any other business people, entrepreneurs or someone thinking of doing thing, I'm like, what's the worst that's going to happen? If it doesn't work, you dust yourself off and go again or change and make an adapt. So absolutely, I think there's just great value on that. Just if we go back to, I suppose, the next, you mentioned short-term goals, but for the Carebox collection, I know you're expanding into the EU. I suppose, what's next with growth for your business? Um, if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, it would have been to launch our subscription box range, which we've now done. So um, thankfully, that's all up and running. From, from now, I am actually working on a completely separate company in a different industry. Um, so that's what's next in the immediate future and hoping, hopefully launching that in September. Um, but otherwise, with Carebox Collection specifically, it's just innovating on what we have and making it bigger and making it more accessible and entering more niches and seeing where the demand is. Um, I, I think it's really important for companies once, 
obviously I'm, I'm conscious that I'm speaking as a smaller Irish business and a 23 year old who does not have a wealth of experience. I, I haven't been in business long, but from my point of view, what has hugely helped the company is consistently changing it just because one product works doesn't mean you should only keep that product. Um, but the two boxes I originally started with sold really well. But if I hadn't kept adding to it and kept entering new markets and bringing out boxes for different industries, it, it wouldn't have grown to the scale that it has. So, um, and that that's what's next is to just keep going and doing what we're doing and continuing to enter and expand on the products that we have and go into more niches and get feedback from customers and see what they want and make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Clara, I'm going to fire some questions that I fire kind of the tail end to most of my guests. Um, when I mention the word regret, it's great getting a perspective, 23 year olds perspective on this, but how do you deal with regrets or what does regret mean to you at, at, on a business level? Um, probably on a on a business and a personal level, I, uh, as you mentioned, I, I don't I, I don't have a wealth of experience, but I, I think for me personally, I am who I am today because of the mistakes I've made. So, although there's definitely, if I could go back, there's decisions that I made that I wouldn't make again. Do I regret them? No because regardless of where they led me at the time, I am a better person now because of all the decisions I made up to this point. Yeah, absolutely. It's brilliant. Um, I like that I was making a note of myself there. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? The best piece of advice I've ever gotten actually only got recently um, and it's not your cliche Pinterest motivational inspirational quote that you would expect it to be and um, probably the best advice I've ever gotten is to follow your own advice is to to just go with your own instinct on something it is absolutely brilliant to get other people's advice and opinions on things and it can give you a really well-rounded view on the decision or the action you're thinking of making but at the end of the day you're the only one who knows what your gut is telling you and so sometimes the best thing to do is to just trust yourself take on board people's opinions but really the best advice I've gotten is to build your own self-confidence to the point where you know you can make the decision yeah, we can get advice till the cows come home sometimes. And I think it, it sometimes stops people to achieve in what they want too much information. Absolutely. A lot of the time you can procrastinate on the decision by asking too many people's advice on it. And then you end up confused in what the point was in the first place. Or you've spent too much time asking people's opinions that you'll never actually find the conclusion because everyone's opinion is going to be different. Um, whether that's in small ways or big ways. So uh, definitely, I, I'm not saying don't get anyone's opinions on things. Um, advice and opinions can give you a fantastically rounded view on something, 
But at the end of the day, trust yourself to make your own decisions. Yeah. And uh, Clara, if you could have a meal with any people, dead or alive, five people, who would it be? Okay. Um, personal one at the start that no one else would choose. Uh, my father did pass away when I was 12 years old. So uh, having a meal with anyone dead or alive, he would have to be top of my list. <laughs> After that, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, for me, the previous uh, Supreme Court justice in the United States led an incredibly interesting and inspirational life. So she would have to be someone at the t- table. And for anyone who hasn't watched the RBG documentary on Netflix, I would highly recommend it. Um, the next one might surprise some people. Uh, Toto Wolf, the team principal from Mercedes Formula One team. Yeah. Um, I am an avid F1 fan, but the way he has, the way he manages the team and his own career in general, his investments, his, uh, everything he has done, I see as absolutely fantastic. I don't want there to be any confusion. Mercedes is not the Formula One team I support. That has to lie with my previous employer, Red Bull. But um, I, I think he would be an incredibly interesting person to have a conversation with and get advice from because he he has the way he has maneuvered through his career uh, is absolutely fantastic next probably a little bit closer to home i would have to say tommy tiernan i i love stand jokes comedy. at this t- there'd be jokes at this dinner anyway <laughs> yeah exactly um, and everyone needs a good laugh sometimes yeah so no i i i think tommy tiernan is absolutely fantastic and um, his talk show on RTE I really enjoyed and although I I loved stand-up comedy um, I think he's also an incredibly intelligent person and he can he can broach really difficult topics of conversation without um, w- without making anyone feel uncomfortable and I, I know I know some people don't like him but I think um, the the last couple of years, I've started to really enjoy both his podcast and the talk show and uh, how uh, and what he's doing. So I, I think he'd be another really difficult one or a really great one. one and what's that for? Five. Um, I don't believe any dinner party is a good dinner party without it ending in a sing song. So I'd have to say Dermot Kennedy. Oh, very good. You're showing your youth there by picking Dermot Kennedy, uh, Clara. Um, so, Clara, just on to the first off, brilliant. Um, Toto Wolf, I actually listened to him on the High Performance podcast recently, and really stood out for me. And also, you mentioned Team Red Bull, Christian Horner. Um, it was one of my favorite quotes from a podcast recently. And his wife, Jerry Halliwell, said it to him. She said, A pat on the back is six inches away from your arse. And like a kick in the arse. And I thought that was very good. That was one thing that stood out to me from those two podcasts. Okay, just a kind of a twofold question here, Clara, just to finish off. Um, do you have any book recommendations or tech recommendations, like applications you'd use that help you daily in your life? Um, from 
book recommendations. I have only gotten back into reading recently, um, I must admit, and it's something I would love to do more. For someone who is trying to get back into reading and is looking at self-care and wellness quite a bit, the book What I Know For Sure by Oprah Winfrey is fantastic. Um, it's short chapters, it's easy to read. You don't need an awful lot of time to read it. Um, and I've really enjoyed that. Um, anyone looking to be more business focused or on their career, uh, Working Hard, Hardly Working by Grace Beverly is what I'm reading at the moment and really enjoying. She has a podcast as well that I would highly recommend. Um, and I find that really interesting. Podcasts would be probably something I uh, would listen to more. And in that regard, I would steering away from business. I think it's really important to know in general what's going on in the wider world. We can get so consumed by our own lives and our friend group and what's happening in our immediate area that podcasts like The Daily and Today Explained by Vox and The New York Times are 30 to 40 minutes deep dives on one particular topic that's happening right now. So whether that's the Delta variant spreading or kind of health insurance issues, and it, it can be a multitude of things, uh, inequality issues, topical criminal trials, but getting that 30 to 40 minutes a day of knowing what else is happening outside the realm of what I'm currently concerned with, I find really important. Um, so I really enjoy those as well. Uh, another Irish one that I think is great is the Tommy Hector and Loretta podcast, just as a, a conversational something that's really nice and easy to listen to. In relation to applications and tech, uh, definitely calendar for me. <laughs> have to put everything in the calendar, so that's an important one. Other than that, probably one I would recommend people use more is your notes. We always have our phones, and whether you have an idea or a, something you want to say or a quote you want to remember, just put it in your notes. The amount of times I, I, I would have so many different notes in different categories, be it travel, business, products, companies, concepts. And regularly, I would not be able to sleep at night or be wandering around on a walk and have an idea. And I will put it in my notes immediately and revisit it. And that's often what saves me because if you continue about your day, the likelihood of you forgetting it is so high. So write stuff down. The worst thing you do is don't pay attention to it again. Um, but absolutely notes is a big one for me because of the obscure times in the day that I have ideas. Brilliant. Yeah. Listen, Clara, that's been phenomenal to get a, in a short period of time, a deep dive into your business and how you've grown. And so I much appreciated your time. It's been fantastic. Um, what just before we finish where can people stay connected with yourself and find you absolutely so you can find me on linkedin primarily and my name is spelled k-l-a-r-a for anyone who doesn't know that so yeah i'm clara o'leary on linkedin uh similar on facebook and then the carebox collection is careboxcollection.com and at carebox collection on every other social media
Brilliant. Well, listen, as I say, I wish you continued success and success in your new venture in September with your launch and, and hopefully we'll be catching up uh, in the future to talk about that. Brilliant. Thank you so much again for having me on. Thanks, Clara.